This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 175 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Elizabeth Tripp is a New York City-based lifestyle design coach and spiritual teacher. As a featured radio talk show host on talkradio.nyc, a Thrive Global contributor and a national public speaker, Elizabeth is recognized as a thought leader in spirituality, well-being, and prosperity. She is the owner and founder of elizabethtrip.com, a life coaching practice that guides established entrepreneurs, visionaries, and healers to be a soulfully empowered and design lifestyles they love from the inside out. Elizabeth believes the secret to creating a lifestyle you'll never want to walk away from starts by taking back your power to be your brilliant self. No strings attached. She teaches her clients to live in the truth of who they are by getting to the source of their limitations and learning their soul's lessons so they believe in themselves and live life by their design. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Elizabeth, how are you, my friend? Wow, Lisa, what an introduction. I'm doing great, thank you. It is such an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure and an honor to have you here because I believe your message, particularly for the climate, uh, for what we're experiencing worldwide on the global stage, whether we're talking about politics, whether we're talking about COVID, whether we're talking about the royal family, uh, your message is one that I think is very pivotal and very profound for not only myself as the host of my own show, but for the listening audience as well as the podcast subscribers. So let me start by asking you, as I oftentimes do, Elizabeth, what was the inception of your journey in terms of knowing that this was specifically the trajectory you were meant to purposely and deliberately be aligned with in your life? Yeah, well, that began five years ago, actually. I was uh, living in New York City. I had just been broken up with uh, for the second time in eight years. 
I'd been in a relationship for uh, four with an individual and we had been on and off. And in that uh, time, uh, about five years ago, he said, I'm done. I can't do this. And it was just devastating for me since I'd lived my entire life really believing that if I was in a relationship and I had an education and a job and I was making good money, that I was supposed to be happy, that I was supposed to be in love with my life. And when he walked out of my life, I hit rock bottom. I was faced with having to really deal with or rather not deal with my emotions. And it really catalyzed these very dark conversations with myself. You know, this is all my fault. No one ever will want to be with me. I'm not beautiful. There's something wrong with me. And Lisa, these were thoughts that I was having my entire life, except at this point, they had just gotten so loud and clear and really quite debilitating. So there was a point where I started to ask myself, what's the point of being here in my life if it's this hard? If I have to do so much work to prove how beautiful I am, how, you know, a lovable I am, how, you know, uh, if I get all my ducks in a row, how happy I can be on the outside. And it was like I had gotten all these things accomplished in my life. And yet here I was now single, hating what I did and feeling as though I was still so much farther away from the person that I truly wanted to be. And in that, it was just incredible. I had locked myself away in my Manhattan apartment and, you know, didn't want to really socialize or go out. And a friend said to me, she was like, you know, I know you're going through something really, really hard right now. And I don't know why, but I want to ask you if you would like to come and talk to a healer I know. And, you know, Lisa, I had always been connected to a part of myself I call my intuition and Mm. could hear that inner voice. And when she asked me that, something inside me, though it was soft, it said, go. And I did. And that decision changed my entire life. I actually, yeah, I, uh, I packed my uh, bag and I got in a car and I drove to Virginia Beach that weekend. And I met, (laughs) yeah, it was crazy. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, I I met a, I met my mentor and uh, little did I know that he would be someone that uh, guided me to transform my entire life to create a life that I love and to be now helping other people to be able to do the same. So lovely. Well, a couple things I'm going to say to that. So first of all, I want to say thank you, Elizabeth, for your candor, your vulnerability, um, and, and for really just unpacking that as succinctly as what you did, because I think the reason why you're probably as relatable to as many people as what you are and have that level of resonance with people is because to some degree, I believe you're speaking everyone's story. I don't think there's any circumstance, any person on the face of the planet, particularly when you're at this age, stage, juncture in life where we haven't either as a result of our upbringing or a certain particular set of circumstances or the wrong individual having to teach us the most painful lessons, whatever that is for all of us, we've all been there. And uh, I, I really appreciate 
particularly for what it is I'm trying to aspire to in my messaging and my purpose of uplifting people to fear less and to live more. I think you've really hit that bang on. So I want to thank you for just being really candid and really open and raw with all of us as an opener. Thank you for that. Oh, wow. Thank you. Well, it's a, it's really, like I said, an honor to be of service to your community and to be here speaking and sharing my message. So thank you for having me. Well, let me just ask you then. So where did that place of, of lack or scarcity originate from you? Um, because most people, when they've done, they've chosen to do the inner work and the healing and they mentor up and they coach up, you know, sometimes it's not until we put ourselves in that position of wanting to heal, wanting to do the work, wanting to connect the dots that we can then look back in retrospect and go, okay, I didn't realize to what degree I was uh, brainwashed. I didn't realize to what degree the blueprint for what was indoctrinated in my DNA and my mindset and my soul and my heart, uh, it was really quite fabricated or it was really not in alignment with who I now know myself to be. So looking back on puzzling the pieces together for yourself in your life, in your journey, Elizabeth, what do you think the common denominator was or what do you think the precipice was? What do you think the catalyst was for all that? Yeah, well, I grew up uh, in upstate New York to, you know, two wonderful parents who really did do the best they could to provide us with a, a life better than they had. And my parents really did the best they, they could, the best they knew. Um, but I was a sensitive kid, as they as they termed me to be, as they called me. And it was true, you know, Lisa, I was an empath. It wasn't a term I understood when I was a kid, but... I could sense things other people couldn't. I could see things other people couldn't. And I could know things other people couldn't. And when I went to, you know, talk to my my parents about what I was going through, what I was feeling, what I was seeing, what I was sensing, you know, what the best they could give me was, you know, you're just so sensitive. You're just so imaginative. And there's nothing wrong with the way that they chose to, you know, talk to me about what I was going through. But in my mind, I made it mean, you know, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not made right. Maybe there's something that I am broken in regards to myself, what I'm able to feel and sense and know. And that was really overwhelming for a little kid. You know, I'm six, seven years old and I have all of this sort of sensory perception gifts and no one's educating me about what to do with them and how to clear myself and how to process my emotions and make sense of the world. So I looked around in need of something to help me feel better and I saw my own siblings and my parents walking into the kitchen and grabbing the chips and the the cheese doodles and the ice cream, and I engaged in that myself. And lo and behold, I found that food was a comfort. And so I began to rely on food as a way to soothe this little girl who was just so in touch with the unseen and the deeper feelings of those around her and just didn't know how to manage it. And um, my body started to grow as I pushed down what I was feeling with food and I packed on pounds 
And Lisa, the uh, boys and girls in my class really made it a, a, a clear to me that they saw this change in my physical appearance. And in the seventh grade, I remember walking into middle school, the height I am now, five feet, six inches, and weighing 175 pounds. And so I was bigger than the other kids. And the boys in my class began to tease me. And there was one particular day where they put a note in my locker and I opened it up. And I remember it fell to the ground and I saw that they had uh, hand drawn or drew a picture of a bus. And it said, Elizabeth is as big as a bus. And that day changed my life. I just decided I wasn't beautiful, that there was something wrong with me and that I was made broken and that other people could put me back together again. That if I did what was the expectation of what a beautiful person was supposed to look like, like if I changed my body and I lost the weight and I could be the shape and size of the popular girl, then they would like me, then they would love me. And if I adjusted the way that I acted with them and and behaved the way that I thought they needed me to be, in that space with friends, with peers, with teachers, then I would be lovable. I would be accepted. And that just started to perpetuate and lead in all areas of my life. I stopped being me and I allowed myself to take on the opinions of others and the reaction to me and define me. And that led me to then lose my sense of self, to uh, lose my uh, own connection to who I was. I lost, you know, any sense of the word of having a boundary. And I pushed myself super hard to try to prove to every other person in my life how beautiful I could be, how successful I could be, you know, how um, I could actually get them to love me if I did everything that was expected of me. Okay, well, let me say a couple things to that because, uh, and I'm speaking from the duality of inner child to inner child, but I'm also speaking from one empowered woman to another empowered woman based on the fact that we've bossed up, leveled up, we've done the work, we, we continue to do the healing, and we recognize uh, what it is we need to initially take ownership and responsibility for in terms of catalyzing change in our own lives. Yeah. So there's a lot of parallels between you and I. So what I'm going to say even though I know you've reconciled this within yourself, particularly for you to be at the, the echelon that you are for what you do with other people who are seeking you out for your leadership, your compassion, your spirituality, your healing yeah. is, you know, as far as the 175 pound bus, well, you know what? People with the biggest hearts, people with the biggest souls, people who have, you know, the greatest uh, energy in which they emanate and put out there into the world, it, it, it weighs down. Right. I mean, it adds mm-hmm. pounds to that when you have that. It's it's what's superficial and it's what's diluted and it's what's um, insignificant and irrelevant. It's as light as, as a feather. So I just want to say 
for the ways in which that that unfortunate situation, that circumstance and all that was transpiring in your young life at that point where it really messed with your head, messed with your spirit, messed with your sense of self. I just want to say, I wish I had known you back then because I would have befriended you and that never would have happened. Uh, I wouldn't have allowed that to happen. But anyway. um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, and, and I think too, again, going back to the parallels between us, you know, I understand what you're talking about in terms of being tapped into things that you can't necessarily explain, but you feel on the outside of what's perceivably normal, even in your own household. Mm -hmm. Um, I would refer to you as an indigo child, right? Mm. You, you were, you were an indigo child. You were tapped into energy. You, you know, you understood what was really important and profound in this world. Even if you couldn't articulate it, even if you couldn't comprehend it, conceive it, verbalize it. Um, but you knew enough within yourself to know that you were different and the ways in which that you were different is really, I think, the attractor factor for who you now are. This is what makes you a shiro. This is what makes you a leader. This is what makes you all the beautiful things that you've intrinsically given yourself permission to shine through. Um, and I just want to say, I think you're beautiful. I think you're Aww. absolutely a beautiful soul. And and I'm really <laughs> glad that our, our paths have crossed. I really Thank am. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. And and I do want to add that I actually have a lot of peace with those teenage boys um, because I recognize that they were a part of me learning on a soul level the value of myself and my true beauty and how beauty isn't measured through your body shape and size, but it is a feeling that you have on the inside. And if I hadn't had them in my life, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to learn that. So very true. I'm, yeah, very grateful for them. And I appreciate your sentiments as well, because it's always great to know I've got a, a gal in my corner who'd, who'd be there for me. So <laughs> Absolutely. <thank you. laughs> Absolutely. And uh, and that spans beyond this interview. You ever oh. need somebody to turn to, I'm always here. But thank um you. But you're right in saying that. And I think that's another thing that I, I talk about quite extensively on my program, Elizabeth, with a myriad of guests who are showcased for a myriad of different reasons. But um, one thing that I think that we've all arrived at some level of consensus on is, you know, in being able to determine and identify what it is our, our true life purpose is it it generally has nine times out of ten if not ten times out of ten it's been a derivative of desperation or pain right uh because once we've learned to manage cope in effective ways in self-loving ways in self-nurturing ways um, where we can become our own protectors, we can instill boundaries, we can assert our boundaries. And when we know how to comfortably show up to the rest of the world without doing so based on whether we receive other people's permission and we do so without apology, mm-hmm. you know, I think it, it, it's really once we've honed that and we've mastered ourselves, 
that's when we go, okay, well, I know I'm not alone. And so if I was able to effectively get on top of my own insecurities, my own impediments, my own shortcomings, then I know that I can take the lessons that I've learned and I can be instrumental in the lives of someone else. Because when we see ourselves and commit ourselves to being part of the solution, as opposed to being part of perpetuating what that problem is, that's where we step into our power. That's where we pay it forward and we be of service. And Absolutely. I think that's what we're all here to do as part of the the, the human, human collective. That's what we're here to do. And so the fact that you've understood very quickly what your gifts were as a result of the pain you once upon a time felt, you didn't just go, okay, well, that's enough for me to learn the lesson and move on and maybe just like be successful at a bank or, or corporate or whatever. No, you took it at a, a more intrinsic, altruistic level and you gave up yourself wholeheartedly in a way that I have no doubt completely changed the trajectory and the landscape of how people felt within themselves. Therefore, what they externalized out there to other people. So good on you, Elizabeth. Well done. Oh, thank you. Wow. You have such a beautiful way of articulating that. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really, really do. Thank you. Well, well earned, well deserved and, and all because of you. Right. Oh. And, 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 and how you've evolved in appreciating yourself as just as important, just as deserving and just as worthy as any other person on the face of the planet. Uh, and that's no easy feat. I know what goes into that journey and it's very painful. Uh, but it's also very enlightening so uh, and empowering. So let's talk a little bit about what it is you do do. Um, let's talk a little bit about the types of people who you are working alongside, the type of people that would instinctively instinctually feel a calling to want to seek you out and, and what that journey generally looks like. Yeah, well, you know, I really help people see the beauty of their soul's journey by helping them really open up to the beauty of their life. And what we begin to do through that process is shine a bright light on the experiences that they've had that have created pain and hurt in their life and have shaped then their understanding of themselves and ultimately who they are and really have then put them in this position where they feel stuck, they feel Mm -hmm. frustrated, they feel misaligned and as though they keep hitting these roadblocks and they can't understand the reason for them. They haven't yet woken up to how powerful they really are, how worthy they are of living a life that they love. And so these kinds of individuals are healers, naturally, are visionaries, are are self-starters, are are go-getters. So they have this sense of themselves already that they're here for something and to make an impact, but yet they're at this crossroads where they don't know quite exactly how to catapult themselves from where they are to where they want to be. And so when they come to me, they're really ready to look at themselves in a whole new way and unlock these deep lessons that are actually a part of our life design, built into the experiences we have with our parents and teachers and peers and, you know, boyfriends friends and girlfriends, and they're ready to see themselves and these experiences in a whole new way so that they can actually become 
empowered to create their own path outside of what they have known and what they've accepted about themselves in the past. So we really bring them on a beautiful process and help them really dismantle these sort of, let's say, belief systems that they've created in regards to the experiences that they've had and see the real true lessons of what they are needing on a soul level to get in order to go into the next growth experience of living on path, on purpose. And being quite beautifully them, you know, being them, not somebody else or what they thought they had to be while they still held this image of themselves through the experiences that they've had been through. Um, so that's just kind of like the short version of what it was like to come together and work with me. So did I answer that question? for Absolutely. You? Beautifully, succinctly. It was it was lovely. And uh, so thank you for sharing that. What I would like to do in terms of offering, uh, gifting the, the loyal listeners and the podcast subscribers, because I think right now a lot of people are struggling with asserting boundaries or even knowing how to define uh, or reprioritize a boundary. So in terms of the boundaries that you asserted for yourself that were cathartic and instrumental in your own healing process your own healing journey mm -hmm. uh which really you know offered you to become you know it, it, for you to get to a point where you could truly be empowered could you offer some tangible examples of the boundaries in which you set for yourself elizabeth that might be equally instrumental for the listening audience sure well i remember when my mentor you know guided me into a conversation for the first time around boundaries and really helped me see as you know a, a sensitive child as an empath as this indigo child right as you were were mm -hmm. sharing with me that I could just be feeling almost every single emotion in the room and have no idea that that was happening right mm -hmm. and he really you know was shining a bright light on this natural gift that I was capable of doing but that because I thought that I had no idea how to manage that, right, that it was my responsibility to take on everybody else's stuff, that I had to live inside their emotion all the time, that I had to be engulfed in all of their problems and everything that they were going through. Um, I had lived uh, many, many years thinking that. And it was really interesting. He helped me see that. It was a way that I actually was defining my value. Like if I take on their stuff and be a part of their pain, then I'll be a good person and they will like me or love me. And then my whole life will be great. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, what I understood was like, wow, that's kind of backwards. You know, if I'm taking on all their stuff and I'm holding all of their pain and emotion and there's no limit between myself and them, how good do I actually feel? And it was really empowering because it helped me see that there is actually a great power in saying no. Yes, bingo. <laughs> so I had to first 
identify what I was doing. It was like I was taking on all their emotion, all their stuff, because I was an empath. I was sensitive. And I imagine many of your listeners can resonate to that Mm -hmm. and and find, you know, a thread of themselves in. And then I had to see, well, why was I doing that? And that was because I wanted to feel good and as though I had value in their life. Yep. As I did, did that, I felt worse and worse. And I taught them to not see my value in reality because sure. what do people end up doing, Lisa, when you when you keep saying yes to them all the time and you keep taking on their stuff? You know as an empowerment. Yes. Yes. Just, they, will take you, they will take you for granted. They will infringe. They will impede. They will encroach. Yeah, it's, it's disrespect. Yeah. And, and I realized I was teaching them that. So the, the biggest, uh, life skill and, uh, real tool I would offer your audiences is that, you know, the power of no is incredible because as you get powerful with saying no, and you stop seeing it as like this scary thing that what if they don't like me and what if they don't, you know, what if they get upset or angry with me and recognize that's their reaction to you that has nothing to do with you. It's mm-hmm. just their their meaning of what your no is that you can then begin to set the, the stage for them to see something about themselves, for them to learn something about themselves in relationship to you and grow your own ability to stand in your power, your value of yourself, because you're not entrenched in their stuff. And you're actually being a a person who's not enabling, but rather helping them in a true and honest and genuine way to grow and learn. And that takes some time to be able to get into that space and be comfortable with that. And you're wanting to shift your understanding of what no really is. But it's a powerful thing because that's what sets you free, ultimately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what I would like to just add on to that, Elizabeth, if you don't mind, is, you know, I think it's important for people to discern and differentiate the difference between what it means to be liked and what Mm -hmm. it means to be respected. And I think oftentimes, because respect does come from once you set your boundaries, once people understand what your standards are, what your non-negotiables are, people will start to die off into the background. Because Mm -hmm. when they see you standing in your power, and they understand that it's more important for you as an individual to be respected versus being liked, because you can be liked for all the wrong reasons. And And you can be liked, but it doesn't carry longevity or authenticity or integrity necessarily with yourself is if the things that you always feel a compulsion in which to say yes to so is to be agreeable so is to seemingly be approachable so is to be likable you know if you're saying yes to things that you know are eating you alive inside because it really should have come back with a resounding no yeah well people will only treat you how you let them and so I think the benefit that I've learned, uh, and I'm sure you can attest to this as well, Elizabeth, is when people see to what degree you're willing to stand in your power mm-hmm. and when people and when people see that that's a pattern and that's a standard that you hold yourself to consistently, 
what people will eventually come to respect, whether they like you or not, but they will come to respect about you is that if you then down the road offer a legitimate, sincere, uh, authentic yes to something, then people know that you're really doing it because it comes from a place of willingness, receptivity, and wanting to without it coming at at a cost to yourself. You're not denigrating yourself. You're not dumbing down. You're not playing small. You're not trying to be a people pleaser. You're really just wanting to be aligned and integral with self. And so people will know, and and Mm -hmm. it's true, people will always know where they stand with you when they understand to what degree you are staunch in your own boundaries with whether you render a yes or whether you decide to render a no. And so to know that people will always know where they stand with you, that lessens the ability for people to also take you for granted. I love that. And I think that that also in in support of what you're saying, yeah, because you know who you are. Because yes. if, if you're if you're the nice girl or the nice guy all the time, the, the chances that you know yourself on a deeper level, they get slimmer and slimmer. And that's because you're taking on everybody else's stuff and holding on all to all of their uh, pains and emotions and being the, you know, the shoulder to cry on all the time. And that's, that can be very overwhelming and confusing and make for your own relationship with yourself a lot more difficult. Absolutely. Well, it also, you know, in terms of what that does to uphold your own integrity with self and your reputation, you know, whether we're talking about saying yes or saying no, I parallel parallel that equally with, um, you know, if you don't, if you're you're the type of person in which you and I are, Elizabeth, we've grown into it, we've evolved, we've done the work on it. Um, But when you're not always subscribing to everything, right? Whether it be the flavor of the month or you want to look like you're constantly a supporter of other people or other things. Yeah. If people see that you can't differentiate and discern to what degree you were, are willing to attach your name to something, yeah. wh- whether it be in support of something, whether it be uh, to wholeheartedly uh, lend your support, to subscribe to something, whatever the case may be, people will then also come to respect you more because if you are willing to attach your name to something to say, I support this, I endorse this, I believe in this, you know, uh, people will go, oh, okay, she's willing to do that. Yeah. But she's also willing to to exercise the same boundary when it comes to no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to support that. I'm not going to endorse that. Not necessarily anything for you to personalize. It's just I've got to also be integral with myself to what degree I'm going to be discerning. Yes. Right? You know your value. Yeah. You go. Yeah. Right. And you can stand in it. Absolutely. I love that. Yep. Beautifully said. Love well, it. Well, there's no currency, right? There's no currency or outward respect or inward respect for self. If people only see, you know, oh, she's always going to be the yes, yes, yes person. She's always going to be the like me, like me person. Or, you know, like, no, people need to know that you can, particularly when you hold the role, the title as a leader, as a coach, as a mentor, whatever that specialized niche might be, you know, your clients need to know, okay, if I'm getting a a sincere compliment, or I'm getting some level of endorsement from Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is able to make it clear by contrast from where we were when we first started out to where we now are in the juncture of our mutual journey together as mentee mentor, that I've, I've made these like legitimate leaps and bounds. 
then I know because that's not something she always says or feels the need to say. She doesn't feel obligated. She's not trying to please me or appease me. Yeah. I know I can take what Elizabeth says to the bank. Yes. And I'm going to add there, help them also believe in themselves. Yes. Big one. Big one. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Rather than me playing the uh, parent to them, you know, go do this, this and this to please me. Well, then what are they really learning here other than to, you know, collect all the all the stars and come back and say, look, I, I, I have a whole chart full of things that I completed. Look at all my star stickers, you know, and absolutely. What did you learn? And rather setting that boundary of, yes, you're asking me what to do, but I want you to learn how to discern and figure that out for yourself. So absolutely. Go get well, quiet. Well, <laughs> and then, it, yes, <laughs> yes. Because I mean, if we always instinctively feel a pull yeah. to, to simply placate people as opposed to speak the truth. Like how can yes. we ask people to own the truth if we're not owning our own truth of what yes. we substantiate as truth and walk yeah. or talk within our truth? So, I mean, if we're always going to walk around tiptoeing, spoon feeding people and be more concerned about placating them, we're doing a real disservice and an injustice to people, particularly if we play a pivotal role in their so-called growth and yeah. evolution of self. Yep. Beautifully said. I love it. I I think we're on the same page. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yes, we are. So let's talk a little bit more so that, um, I mean, we've gotten a true essence of your soul and a flavor of how you think and how you lived your life, um, your value system, your core beliefs, all those wonderful things, Elizabeth. Again, I mean, I just, uh, I love the synergy between you and I, and I love what you represent. Um, but let's talk about how can people access you, what types of things, uh, whether it be as a result of doing things online now because of COVID, where you're mm-hmm. not necessarily taking a stage per se in a particular city or a state or a continent or a country, yeah. you know, where can people access the things that are coming down the pike for you where people want more of you? Yeah. Well, thank you for asking that question. You know, I was a uh, radio talk show host from 2017 to 2019. And uh, something um, in 2019 just really, uh, you know, called me to to take a pause and, and look at the long view and really kind of settle into the flow of my work and put, put a pause to the um, show. And so I did that. And then through COVID, I've actually felt this sort of swell inside. It was like, your audience wants to hear from you. They want to, you know, uh, just listen to your insights. And in over the last few months, I've begun to set the the stage to come back to uh, my radio show, my talk show awesome. called Nourish the Soul. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited about it. So that's going to be streaming into our Facebook group. It's called Empowered Soul. Um and it will be a, a live broadcast on every first and third Tuesday of the month, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and that's where those of like-minded uh, in, in curious of spirituality and self-development and transformation can come and get to know our community and, and join me in, in just sharing uh, my message to the world and being of service for you all. So, yeah, I'd like to invite, invite them to do that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, in terms of what you continue to do in terms of paying it forward and being of service to the collective, I, for one, would like to say thank you for your contributions and thank you for for caring. 
Oh, you're welcome. You know, it's truly my calling in life to 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 serve others and and to really be that that shining light on on their path. And I couldn't think of a greater thing to do than just that. And so I feel really blessed to have gone through every single experience I have and to have had the pain that I've had because it is what has literally been part of the wisdom I now share with the world. Beautiful. Well, pain is where the growth is, right? You can't, you can't grow in comfort. No. And, and you really, you have to have those experiences in order to even love who you are and have the confidence to show up in the world, you know, um, and, and to love who you are, you have to know who you are. So you have to be able to have that willingness to step into that space with your relationship with yourself, which is the most important relationship you're ever going to have, is you. And yes. Explore, you know, really look around, take a listen, take some time to hear what you're thinking, how you're feeling, because that's how you're going to get to know what is limiting you and what kinds of ways you're seeing yourself that aren't actually helping you to create the life that you love. Absolutely. Beautiful. Let me ask you this, Elizabeth, have you, um, have you ever written a book or have you endeavored to want to write a book? Cause I think you should. <laughs> oh, thank you for asking me. Yeah, I, I am in the process of, of writing a beautiful book. Um, and you know, I've been inspired to, in some ways tied into a movement that I'm creating. It's called be you, not me. Um, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And the movement is really about empowering people to see that they're they're at a point in their life where they're tired of walking in the shadows of others and they are ready to stop worrying about what other people think and carve their own way. And they're ready to define what being beautiful means to them, not just accept the standards of what society says beautiful is or what success is or what being healthy is, but really to be able to empower themselves to see that being who they are without any strings attached or any sort of, you know, uh, pressure to transform or shape shift into what somebody else expects of them is the most magnetic energy on planet earth. Um, and so I'm, I'm in the midst of just kind of getting clear about how to take that movement and make it into a a book and, and create that for the community. Yeah. Lovely. And so just to clarify that title again, it's be who you are, be who you are, not who I am. Is that correct? It's be you, not me. Be you, not me. You know, as soon as you said that, what instantly came to mind, Elizabeth, was, and you would be familiar with her work, I have no doubt, Byron Katie. Yes. That that quote that Byron Katie says, I want for you what you want for you, that echoes the title of your book. That embodies the title of your book, and I think it's just beautiful. Oh, thank you. Well, really, and, and and as it speaks to that quote, you know, it life is about you seeing how amazing you are and the value of who you are and that you're worth living a life that you love, right? Because much of what we see in society are people who are complaining about their life that's unfolding in front of them and 
rather than looking at the reasons why they just get stuck in the conversation and not seeing that they've taken on all the expectation and all the sort of, uh, you know, societal and cultural um, desires of what a successful or beautiful or prosperous individual is and haven't yet defined that for themselves. So they've missed the point. They, they yes. haven't yet seen how amazing life can be when they're truly themselves. And so when do you foresee without, I don't ask this with any level of pressure, but excitement actually, do you have an anticipated <laughs> launch date or release date of when you think your book might be ready to go to market? Yeah, I'm hoping for um, the fall of, of this year. So I'm, I'm in the process of uh, really getting clear and um, I actually have another um, writing or book writing opportunity with a colleague that they're, they're kind of um, pulling me into as well. So I'm uh, uh, hoping to get that in by the fall of 2021, get that out there. Yeah. Well, I'd love to have you back on when the book's released and we can talk specifically about the book. Oh, I would love that. Wow. Thanks, Lisa. That yeah. Would be really cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. Well, it'd be my pleasure. Because uh, this is all, these are my favorite subject matters. So I could talk about this at nauseum, you know, and, and still feel like I've not made a dent in the conversation. So thank you. Um, oh, absolutely. So although I believe you characteristically embody what it means to live fearlessly, everybody's got their own interpretation of that. So knowing yourself as well as you do, Elizabeth, what does living fearlessly mean to you? Oh, wow. Well, you know, honestly, it comes down to belief in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, when we look at fears, fears are, are things that we have that haven't happened yet. And so they're projections into a future that hasn't even occurred. And we can feel that way about ourselves when we don't have that unshakable belief in ourselves, right? Where... Mm -hmm. Our own image of ourself can get, you know, weak or swayed in the face of another person's opinion of you. And it's when we can grow in the belief of who we are and have an opinion, an image of ourselves that is completely indestructible, that there is no room for a fear to be possible because you can quickly go to yourself and have a reference point of who I am a beautiful soul and a beautiful body here to make a difference in the world. And no matter what anybody says, that is what I choose to believe and walk in my life knowing. Then every experience I meet, every person that I come to interact with and they have something to say about what I do or how I do it, I can come back to that and hold that in myself as my reference point and my North Star in my journey. And when I hear a fear, I can know I have the answer to transform that and continue to make that difference in the world. Beautiful. That was powerful. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for asking me that. Well, knowing that love is not egoic, Right. There's nothing egoic about love. They they operate on opposite ends of the uh, the pendulum. So what I would like to ask you, Elizabeth, what do you love the most about yourself? No, oh, what a beautiful question. Um, I love that my light of my soul 
is just so bright. It's mm-hmm. so bright and gentle and it has so much love to give. And I really reference the the love of my essence of who I am. You know, m- my body, my face, my hair, those are that's the physicality of myself. Mm-hmm. What I really love and really truly enjoy and have such deep appreciation and acceptance for is the core of who I am, a soul and who has chosen to come to this life journey because she knows she's here to transform the world. Love it. Beautiful. Well, I mean, your energy is infectious and I'm all about energy because I too am a light, I'm a light healer. I'm an energy worker and I really, you know, that and gratitude is what underscores my life. Um, and what it is that I do for a living. And so when I know that I'm in the company of somebody who's like-minded, like-spirited, like everything, um, I really got a lot out of this, Elizabeth. This really uplifted me. And, um, you know, it, it, it felt like I got a bit of a break from showing up and being me all the time because I saw myself yeah. in you. And it was like, oh. I got, yeah, you you fueled me. And um and this was beautiful because that doesn't happen all the time, right? The world world can be a very dark place and a lot of people are suffering and they're in pain. And so we become the attractor factor uh, to other people. And although I felt the synergy between us and I feel the alignment between us, I really felt like I got a bit of a break because I didn't have to show up to the show as the light healer, the energy worker. For once, I sat back and I thought, oh, this woman is powerful. And thank you for your gifts because I'm feeling it and I'm benefiting oh. from it. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, it's divine the way that the world works and the ways that we come in contact with people. And I always, you know, smile at the universe and say, oh, thank you for that. And so I, I'm really appreciative of the time that I spent with you and, and the beautiful questions you asked. And it's just been a pleasure. So thank you so much. Oh, well, the pleasure is all mine. But um, knowing that we, we, I am cognizant of time, we do have a few more minutes. But what I would like to ask you, uh, Elizabeth, outside of once again, how can people reach you if they want to reach yeah. out for an initial consultation? Sure. Or, yeah, whatever information you can give in terms of being accessible to my listening audience, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, well, I have my website. It's elizabethtrip.com. And we have a beautiful um, free kind of invitation for you to come in and check out where you stand in, in your willingness to want to create a life that you love. And so you can take the lifestyle design quiz. And ultimately, that will give you kind of the parameters and where you are and where I am. And if I may be a good fit for you in terms of being a mentor or a coach or someone that you want to be um, further in touch with. And as you go through that process, you sort of enter into the community. And there are ways where you can then engage with us again in our online Facebook group, Empowered Soul or with me on Instagram, I post very frequently and often just sharing my opinions and perceptions of life. But I love social media and I, and I love being able to just share my voice and, and really kind of stand out um, in the crowd and just watch people's kind of uh, reactions and, and gauge what they think of my uh, message. And it's really fun. So you can be interactive 
you can, you know, share with me anything you're thinking or feeling. And I always invite that because it's really about you and um, how I can best be of service to you and transform your life. So, yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic, Elizabeth. Um, we unpacked a lot of meaningful uh nuggets and pearls of wisdom and information in a finite period of time and i'm really happy about that <laughs> but did. but knowing that we're going to have to close out shortly here until you come back in september and we talk about your book um, <laughs> what what would you most want to impress upon the listeners and the podcast subscribers in terms of ultimate takeaways for people who are tuning in because of the fact they haven't ascended in their journey their healing journey or their perception of self their relationship with self and they're still grappling with insecurity um, or they're still fumbling their way in the dark. What would you most want to impress upon the listening audience? Yeah. Well, I think it's important that they know that everything in life happens for a good reason. Even if you're in a space right now with yourself where things are not feeling easy or they're not working in your favor or you wish you were in some other sort of situation, having closed the gap between where you are and where you want to go, that there's a good reason to why you're in this circumstance and that if you can really offer yourself the opportunity to transform the way you're thinking about the ways that you're seeing your life. And it can be as simple as I'm ready to see the solution to what I am facing. Then you can instantaneously change the course of your path. It's just so easy to be able to just open that invitation and begin to start to see that you can quickly write yourself onto a new path. It's as simple as I'm ready to see the solution to what I'm facing. Let it be revealed to me now. And from that declaration, walking with the awareness of letting whatever comes in, in. And there you go. Doesn't have to be complicated. Doesn't Beautiful. have to be doesn't have to be this long drawn out overthought, you know, <laughs> Who should I work with next? How do I, you know, figure this all out? Just right. make it easy. Like I always say, hit the easy button in life. Whenever it gets hard, reach for it and go, that was easy. I'm ready for the solution to be revealed now. And that's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Elizabeth, I can't thank you enough for the gift of your time. This was phenomenal. I thoroughly enjoyed my time with you. Um, I do no lip service here. I am inviting you back here publicly, yeah. making this known. You are welcome to come back in September or whatever the final timeline is Thank that your you. book rolls out. And um, and I'm here in the interim. If there's anything I can do for you in the ways that you continue to pay it forward and be of service to other people. But I'm always grateful for people, the guests who show up here and really deliver and unpack the way that you beautifully and succinctly did. Um, and all with good intentions and all with the, the, the drive and the incentive to inspire and to uplift other people, particularly my listening audience who are very exceptionally loyal to myself and my guest of each week. So my gift to you in terms of the dynamic of reciprocity, I am here for you until the next time I showcase and even after I showcase you the next time, Elizabeth, because know your tribe, five attracts tribe and, and, you know, 
it's really important to support one another, no matter how evolved you think you might be, no matter what your position or advantage might be in life. We're all humans and we all struggle and we all need to be there for each other and be part of the solution. So in any ways that I can continuously be of service to you, Elizabeth, for the ways in which you showed up here for myself and, and the listeners and the podcast subscribers, my door is always welcome to you, my friend, always. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, it takes uh, an incredible uh, interviewer to uh, put on a show like this. So thank you well, so much. Thank you. Thank you. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time as well for tuning into my program here uh, with myself and Elizabeth Tripp on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next week, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you all my very best. Please stay safe, healthy, uplifted, love and gratitude, and to you as well, Elizabeth. Take care. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Health and Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero. Be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.